What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Rebunked. My name is Scott, coming at you live from the Last American Vagabond Studios here in historic Franklin, Tennessee. I got an awesome episode for you guys tonight. Super excited about this one. Um, but first, just real, real quick, just going to go over some things, some ways you can follow and support the show. So if you're new to the show, uh, definitely head over to Rebunked.news. That's a website. So the first time you ever log in there, uh, there's going to be a pop-up that pops up that you can sign up for the email list. I definitely recommend doing that so you can stay up to date with the show. Um, as you scroll down, scroll down here, you'll see all the video platforms that we're on. So I live streamed to rumble and Rockfin, and then, uh, Matthew Raymer over at content safe helps me get my videos then distributed over to these platforms. So if you're a content creator and you need help reaching a larger audience and getting your shows out to various different platforms without having to upload to each individual platform, go to contentsafe.co or let me know. And I can put you right in touch with Matthew. Um, so, uh, we're on all pod podcast players. So if you just uh, take a moment and subscribe, whether it's Apple's podcast addict, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, just, uh, you know, subscribe real quick and then, you know, leave a rating five stars or just leave it, leave a, a message on the iTunes it goes a long way to help drive the show. Um, the premium content is over on subscribe star. So I've got, uh, you know, I'm trying to do a better job of dropping more premium episodes on there, but just, you know, five bucks a month is a great way to support the show. Help us uh, reach new levels. Um, T.me forward slash rebunk pod is the telegram channel. That's the best place to stay up to date with the show to you know chat with other listeners i'm in there chatting all the time you know i'm on uh you know twitter instagram these other platforms but you know honestly i spend the most time on telegram so t.me forward slash rebunk pod uh and we'll we can chat all day long and then value for value donations at the bottom if you feel like uh, supporting the show that way um we do have a t-shirt shop uh rebunk.news forward slash shirts and there's also a link to it at the very top of the rebunk.news you can also get there by rebunk.news for forward slash shirts. so we got two different styles of shirts that just say build because we're all about building around here, okay? Compliance is violence. Can't depopulate an idea. We are many. They are few. Various different designs. So rebunk.news forward slash shirts. A little more about that. Um, we got the heavy metal detox spray, truthtrs.com. Uh, you know, great way to just cleanse your body from all the environmental toxins, heavy metals that, we, that have accumulated in this crazy toxic world we are living in. Truthtrs.com to learn more about that. I can't say enough good things about TRS. And then a new sponsor of the show, you guys. Do you remember last week we had Richard Grove on? They were uh, gracious enough to extend me, uh, you know, an affiliate link to their autonomy course. So, uh, you guys, if you go to the episode description and click the link that says autonomy and then go through this uh, obstacle course to see if it's a good fit for you and you follow through with it, then it's a great way to support the show here. So, guys, definitely just uh, go learn more about that by clicking the link in the description below. Okay. That was a lot, I know, you guys, but thank you so much for uh, bearing with me. So this week, we have Benny Wills, actor, comedian, poet, educator, everything. Benny, welcome to the show, man. Hey, thanks, man. Hey, I didn't know you were in Franklin, Tennessee. I was just there a few weeks ago. Yeah, I know. So uh, Ryan and I do my show out of Last American yeah. Backbone Studios. So yeah, I remember Ryan was like, yeah, I'm going to go meet Benny. I'm like, oh, dude, tell him hi for me. You know, right on. That's so, awesome. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, was I just close to stopping by the studio, actually, but we had to keep moving. On our yeah, trip. no, I feel you. I feel you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just crazy how, like, this world has just lined up to where, you know, this guy, Ryan, that I've looked up to for so long, you know, the last American Vagabond, I, I moved out here and he offered to let me use his studio. And here we are, dude. It's just a trip. So, awesome. so I guess you, you're, you're, from my understanding, you're kind of in the process of moving or looking for a place to move or. Yeah. I mean, it's a long story that I won't bore your audience with, but uh, yeah, we, 
my wife and I, we thought we found our forever property in Idaho yeah. and uh, hasn't worked out the way we had hoped. So we had an idea to move to the South for a minute, but it proved to be just too much to take on at the moment because yeah. we have two little ones. We have two, uh, two kids under two years old. And just that trip alone, like going to Tennessee was pretty difficult with them. So we thought, you know, maybe we'll just stick around here in North Idaho for a bit and uh, revisit the the relocation idea in a couple of years. That's that's cool, man. Yeah, you know, I mean, North Idaho, there's a lot of crushers out there, you know. <laughs> that's the thing, man. Well, the community up here is amazing. And yeah. we're, in addition to having the little ones, we're, we were reluctant to start over someplace where we didn't know anybody because for, for us, community is the number one most important thing as yeah. far as where we live. And uh, we've been establishing a pretty amazing community here in North Idaho the last four, not just North Idaho, actually, in eastern Washington as well. But for the past four years, we've been really like building it. And so we we don't want to jump the gun just yet. But we did love our experience in the South. And I in particular love Franklin, Tennessee. Yeah, man, it's it's amazing out here. Well, I was coming from Oregon. So like it was just well. I mean, dude, I was born and raised there. I spent my whole life there. I'm a, you know, proud Oregonian, but just these last few years, it has just really fallen. And I was in Eugene, which is like, you know, I call it uh, Portland's vaccine injured little brother, man. It's just like this, like wannabe Portland. That's just like, it was bad. Last two years were really bad. So I moved. It's sad. I'm, you know, I come from, I'm a Californian and I okay. spent most of my life in Southern California, but I also lived in the Bay Area for a bit. And, you know, if I had my way, and I, in, in an ideal world, I'd still be there because I love California. But yeah, nonsense took over, and my wife and I had to ski daddle. Yeah, yeah. Well, good job, good job taking the initiative, man. So uh, I can definitely relate. I can definitely relate. So yeah, for sure. So before we get too far into it here, like let's uh, let's give our listeners. So if my listeners, if there's some listeners that aren't familiar with your work, um, yeah. maybe just give us the quick rundown here, real quick. Okay. Well, I guess I started participating in the. The Truther scene in 2012, I created a comedy group with my friends called Joy Camp when I was still living in Los Angeles. And it was uh, essentially conspiracy theory comedy. And yeah, we did that for a few years and it was awesome. And it sort of like launched me on my, you know, this path in life. And uh, from there, I started getting invited to speak at conferences. And since I'm a performer by by nature. I mean, I've, I'm, a, I'm a trained theater actor. I studied theater for 20 years. Instead of giving speeches when I was invited to speak, I decided to perform poetry that I'd written instead. And that was received really well. So I started performing poetry and getting invited to more conferences around the world. And that turned into emceeing opportunities. And I've emceed many events, including the Anarchapulco Conference mm-hmm. and the Red Pill Expo. And uh, from there, I got married and settled down a bit and COVID hit and COVID really launched me into my next chapter in life, which is uh, helping people become better communicators. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't have done this if it hadn't been for COVID because I saw how awful the division was getting as a result of, uh, well, not just COVID, but many things, but in particular the pandemic, I wanted to help people, you know, defy the division and the divide and, divide and conquer uh, approach. And um, yeah, so that's where I'm at. So I started with comedy, went to poetry, turned into emceeing, and that turned into creating a, 
a curriculum for people to help them communicate better so they can have the impossible conversation with their friends and family and not lose touch with those they care about. That's awesome, man. That's so cool. So, so the your course is, yeah, yeah. So your course is called Parhesia, right? Yeah. So can mm -hmm. you help me? Like, I know a little bit about that, but, and I've heard you on, you know, all my friends' podcasts, you know, I, I, I'm familiar with the work. I've been following your work for a while now. So this oh, is cool, cool man. I appreciate on. But, uh, but yeah, can you explain to maybe myself and the listeners, like, what does Parhesia mean and what exactly sure. does your course kind of offer on an introductory level? Yeah. Okay. So Parhesia literally means free speech. It's to speak boldly or freely, and it's to speak truth to power. One who's good at parhesia is good at speaking truth to power. And it's a word that's been somewhat lost from our lexicon, and I think it's deliberate because we need parhesia in order to counter the propaganda, essentially, and the chess masters that we're up against. So I created a course to help people navigate their way through any encounter, any confrontation, any, any conversation, because I've been the conspiracy guy for a really long time now. I mean, I'm only 38, but I've been, I've been uh, dealing with difficult conversations and being the, you know, the oddball in my family uh, and other situations for over 20 years. And I've honed in my skills and I can, I'm, I'm able to maintain relationships with my normie friends in spite of, my controversial points of view. And uh, I'm also good at, our, at at communicating through creativity, which I think is one of the most effective ways to communicate any idea. So I help people, you know, find their inner artist and create their masterpiece and, you know, put their, their thoughts and their opinions, and their ideas into a really precise and concise piece of art that's awesome that's awesome so um you know our mutual friend charlie robinson like he he characterizes one of his early encounters with this what you're exactly what you're describing as he talks about like uh you know a thanksgiving dinner that he went to and he, he brought up like 9 11 right and then he realized he didn't have his facts straight and the entire room full of people turned on him and he didn't know what to do and he, like he's he's i've heard him tell that story many times because he kind of describes it as like you know a traumatizing event where he realized crap, I have to get my stuff together. I have to go back and regroup and formulate my arguments and actually build some evidence. And be, in order to have these conversations, I need to build a body of not only understanding, but evidence and certain things before I can even begin to address these issues like that. Can you think back of a time where you had an incident similar to that, where you kind of yeah, got back into a corner and realized, oh shit, I really got to get my stuff together before I can venture into this land. Of course. So yeah. on my Joy Camp channel, uh, somehow Joy Camp still exists on YouTube, but uh, there's a character that reoccurs on the channel called the Conspiracy Guy, and that's essentially me making fun of myself because there's there is a tendency sometimes, especially when you're first starting to look into things, to um, be a bit aggressive with your ideas because it's important, and I understand the impulse. Obviously, I get why it's you feel really you 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 have to be emphatic with what you're saying. Um, but it doesn't work. So I, yeah, I, the, the moment that stands out to me is I had an argument with my dad uh, mm. about, you know, 2005 or six, and it was about 9-11 because I had been going down that rabbit hole and been watching films like Loose Change and uh, Zeitgeist. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, I didn't know that I, that made me a conspiracy theorist, by the way. I didn't know at that time that that made me like a, a wacko. 
but it was important. And I was telling everybody about it because it was a deception that was obvious to me and people needed to know. And my dad really didn't want to hear it. And we got into a, a screaming fight. And my dad's like my best friend. And we got into this yelling match and I ended up slamming the door and driving away from his house. And I was like, what am I doing? Like, I, I love my dad. I don't want to fight with my dad. And I also realized that my tactics were not only re not reaching him, but it was creating even more distance between him and the topic. So I was like, okay, I have to figure out a new approach. So that was really the turning point for me was uh, arguing with my dad, whom I love and whom I have a great relationship with. And from there, so that's what, 17 years ago, I've uh, really honed in the art of communication. And my dad is now all ears when it comes to conspiratorial stuff. That's awesome. And see, you got to learn, you got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them. You got to know when to like double down. You know what I mean? Like some, you got to kind of read people. Know when to really hold back is really, I mean, that's one of the most important things because our tendency, our impulse is to just blah, blurt it all out. But you're dealing with people who are, like a better term, brainwashed. And as actually a, a term that Ryan uses, we're living in a post-truth world. Yeah. So facts don't matter. The articles you're citing, the videos you're trying to send people links to, they don't matter. So how are you going to get around these obstacles where literally the truth is not, not only does it matter, but to a lot of people, it's a dirty word. You have to find new ways in. You have to be more nuanced. You have to be more savvy and clever. Yeah. So programming is so the programming is so thick. It's just mind blowing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like uh, one, one of the, yeah. one of the, one of the things I like to refer back to is just uh, my friend, Adam, he does a show called Deborah gets red pilled. Have you ever heard of that show? Are you familiar no. with that show? Okay. You'd be a great guest. Like I think that oh, cool. you guys would do a great collaboration, but Adam, so the show, and I've talked about this before on the show, so I apologize to anybody that's heard this story before, but I feel like it's just such a good case study. So basically he does a show, Deborah gets red pilled. Deborah is his mother-in-law. You know, she's very blue pilled, a uh, lifelong San Francisco resident, you know, like thinks that Biden's like the greatest thing ever. Well, I, I don't know. I think she had to change her opinion on Biden, but you know what I mean? Like very much, you, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I know, I know the time. but she's a great sport because she's willing to participate in this. And Adam, you know, they've got like 150 episodes in. And basically the premise of the show is that he brings experts from all over the world on various different topics and just tries to red pill her. You know what I mean? And here we are like several years later, 150 episodes in, and she's still is stuck. In that paradigm right and it's like wow. you could literally like that's how thick the programming is it's like you could literally bring experts from all over the world for hundreds of hours and present all this evidence and still it's not enough to break through and he's got some good breakthroughs as to as in some realizations like he feels like it's a lot of it has to do with just uh codependency where she doesn't want her friends to think that she thinks differently you know what i mean like that's like exactly god for, right. she doesn't want her friends to think that maybe she thinks trump isn't the worst thing in the world you know and so it's that yeah, yeah, yeah. People, people are defensive. You, it's again. This is a really, it's a really tricky thing because people don't want you to be their teacher, and they don't want you to see them as being misinformed or unintelligent or ignorant. They want to be seen as in the know and and smart and well read. So you have to not lecture them. You have to not bludgeon them with with your information or else they're just going to get defensive and run the other way. So, yeah, and not only that, but they've been also programmed to hear buzzwords and key phrases that they will, if they hear you say them, they'll associate you with all kinds of other ideas, and then you'll be written off. So you have to, like, avoid these landmines. It's really tricky. It's a really difficult time to have 
conversations about taboo subjects. Um, and we're not taught how to communicate. Yeah. That's, that's a simple fact. Like we don't, we're, there's no, no granted our education system doesn't really teach us much of anything. I'm really learning that. Like I've known that for a long time, but I'm learning or like doubling down on that idea now that I have kids. Like, I don't know anything about, I wasn't taught anything about life, <laughs> but there's no communication class. There's no, you know, system that teaches us how to be good communicators. And yeah, I mean, it, 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 I have a whole curriculum based on it, but it's a, this is a really strange time to have, uh, different opinions than other people. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. And, and, and some of it falls back on us too, just on that regard. Like, like we have to have that compassion because I've been in situations too, where I feel like my blood boiling, you know, and I, I feel like I have to like take a step back and, and, and sometimes just like talk about something else or walk away from the conversation, you know? And I've heard you talk about this too. Like, one of the traps that we fall into, and I would argue very much intentionally, is that they want us having this communication over screens or over the internet. You know, and how do how do how do we avoid falling into that trap? Would you say? Uh, I I mean I'm pretty extreme about it. I say don't interact on social media if you're if you're arguing, if you're engaging in a debate, or you are, you know, I don't know, posting a controversial opinion, knowing that you're going to get some backlash you know, consider your motives and reconsider what you're, what you want. I mean, it's all about what you want. And that's, and that's what I mean by not knowing how to communicate like communication. We need to have intentional communication. We have, if you're wanting to change someone's mind, you have to really understand your motivations and understand why you are embarking on this, uh, endeavor. Um, so I, I encourage people not to, not to engage on social media if it's to debate because you're not going to get anywhere. You're more, more than likely just preaching to the choir. And if you are trying to reach someone who is blue-pilled, you are 99% likely to fail by doing it on social media. Yeah, totally. And then, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. So, so that brings up an interesting point there too, preaching to the choir. Like, I feel like, you know, that's a frustration for myself and i'm sure you know a lot of other podcasters you know you see as you saw in the intro there i'm pretty much relegated to these alternative platforms that pretty much the people that are on those platforms are already you know one step removed from the mainstream you know what i mean and so i'm like i'm to a degree certain to a certain degree preaching to the choir do you have any insights or suggestions as how to reach across and try to grab some of these normies you know that's the big question i was just talking about it yesterday i was on the union of the unwanted and like i brought this up and i've talked about it on other shows too about the idea of the off-ramp from the mainstream, right? So you get somebody that's just, you know, they maybe they just spent their whole life watching MSNBC, CNN. They don't know of anything different, and now they're starting to question it. So now where do they turn? It's like, well, I heard about this guy, Joe Rogan. Maybe I'll check him out. Or this guy, Russell Brand. Maybe I'll check him out. But how do we get them? How do we grab them and pull them to, like, the Joy Camps or, or like, your meme show or to this show or to, you know, Sam Tripoli's show? Like, how, what's the off-ramp that we can engage? I mean, that's... That's the million dollar question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I've gotten to a point where, you know, my, my intention used to be to wake people up. I was like, I thought, and especially like 10 years ago, it really did feel like there was momentum behind the truth movement. And it doesn't feel that way anymore. Um, but I got over myself and I realized that it wasn't my job to wake the world up. So my, my, I re, I'm trying to reach people who are listening to your show. I mean, I'm trying to reach people who are already there and I'm not focusing on the normies anymore. Yeah. 
that doesn't mean that my work can't reach them. Yeah. But if I use if this is a again, this is how this is how weird our world is and reality is. You're more likely to reach someone in your family by using something that I produced, a video mm -hmm. or a poem or something, than I am by sending my poem or my video to my family. Because it's me with my work, they don't want to see it. But because I'm a stranger, I'm just I'm somebody else to your family, they might be more inclined to watch it. It's weird how that works. So my and, I, and I've been producing content for so long now, I think I have a lot of work that can help people uh, give people tools to try to reach people that they're trying to reach. But it doesn't necessarily work that way for me. Like I can't my poetry can't reach my family. It just can't. It's weird. But as far I, as you know, your question goes, there is no simple answer to that. Um, I think with gentle, like you said, compassion is the key, you know, understanding that people are you. Okay. The term brainwash is a bit misleading. I think, I think it's more of a heart wash. Mm. People's good intentions are what's being manipulated. So you have to remember that it's people, people's, the seed of people's sort of, uh, let's say it, their misunderstanding of the world is rooted in something real. They, they feel that something is wrong. That's correct. Now it's their trust and authority that's getting them in trouble as far as what they're believing. They're thinking, well, I don't, something's wrong here, but this guy's telling me what it is and I'm going to believe him. Um, but anyway, going after these people with compassion, sympathy, I mean, how, think about what a horrific existence it is to be blue pilled right now. Like hor yeah. horrifying. I can't imagine. I'm, I'm grateful all the time that I don't have to wake up again because it's, uh, what a scary reality to think all of what they're told is real and what, you know, what they're scared of and who's the bad guys. Like what a, it's just like blind fear. Um, so anyway, yeah, compassion is the key and let that, let that be the seed. And then maybe you'll have some creative, creative ideas and, you know, there's, there can be a, a thousand people and a thousand different answers as far as how to reach the, those people with the off ramp when they have compassion as the seed. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. That's so good, man. And, and you know what, that's a good point too. Like, so thank God we woke up like what in the mid two thousands or the early 2010s, as opposed to taking our first red pill during the COVID situation. Like that would be too much. Like, I've, <laughs> God bless yeah. all those people, but man, I'm glad I didn't have to jump right in the fast lane during this last couple of years. Yeah. Well, that's another reason why I created the course when I did, because I know that the bigger the event, the more people are going to start questioning things. And when you're first questioning things, you're more inclined to be aggressive with your ideas. And in this time of censorship and like polarization and ostracization, uh, if you do that right away, you're going to be completely cut off. So I'm there to like catch people who are waking up because of the pandemic or because of the vaccine or whatever it is and say, okay, okay, I know you want to like scream from the, from the rooftops at everybody, but you're, that, that's probably not going to work. So let's take that energy that you have and redirect it in a more useful way. Awesome. Awesome. So yeah, anybody, if you guys want to learn more about uh, the Parhesia course, um, if you want to catch Benny's, uh, we'll, we'll talk more about this, the meme show or joy camp, all those uh, links are in the description right now. So go check those out. But um, so Parhesia was born out of COVID. Is that, is that my understanding? Absolutely. Post COVID. Okay. Okay. Um, amazing. So are these, are these ideas that you had rattling around, a while like you wanted to do something with it or or what what was the no not at all it, something it just uh 
I don't know how to describe it. It something clicked. It was like I went numb sort of when COVID hit because it was it was the it was the thing that a lot of us had been trying to warn people about for years and then it happened. I was like, "Oh, and this is this is the shape that it's taking. This is what it's look this is what it looks like." And I don't know, my intention shifted towards helping, like really helping and not just through, you know, making funny videos or writing poetry. It was like, I really want to help people. And I think I can. And I was just, that was my, that was the impetus for me. Like, how can I help? How can I, what are my skills and how can I help? And as I really thought about it and had a lot of discussions with my wife about it and with Richard Grove from Autonomy and Tragedy and Hope, uh, really refined the idea and realized that it was communication. And that was my, that's my real strength. You know, a lifetime of being a, a theater actor and a poet and an MC and just someone who's really comfortable speaking to people in general. I can, those are the tools that I can draw from to help people with. Okay. Awesome. That's, that's so amazing. And you know, that's really cool to hear that Richard was instrumental in helping you out with that. Yeah. I just had him on last week and shout out to Stephanie and autonomy unlimited for helping arrange this, this conversation. Yeah. As well. So um, great people over there, man. I can't say enough good things. Um, that's so fascinating, man. Like I can, I can like my, I, I can relate to so many things about your story there. So like my whole podcasting journey started like May of 2020, you know, we started hitting it real hard in like June of 2020 in response to COVID. It was basically, I, I was, I was doing this show back then called Truthzilla, Truthzilla with a couple friends. And we, our whole idea was like, we recognized what was going on, right? Like I've been looking in these things for a long time. My buddy Ed, you know, we'd been looking at these things for a long time and we wanted to like, we felt like it was important to get everybody up to speed real quick. So that show started off with us. You know, we wanted to present like all these conspiracies that were generally accepted as true. You know what I mean? Like, uh, mm. like power seven MK ultra, you know, all these things, but it started off as like, you know, an educational informative, like we need to get people up to speed type show. But eventually as it went on, we realized like kind of what you described, like, man, instead of like waking up the sleeping sheep, you know, it was more about empowering those who were already awoken. Right. And now it's, it's got to this point now where I'm just like, okay, so now what's the solution, right? I need to find solution in what it, what we're talking about. Like, I love talking about all the Klaus Schwab's and World Economic Forums and all that nonsense all day long. I enjoy doing that. But if we're not presenting solutions as well, then I feel like we're kind of just selling ourselves short. And what's the point, right? One of the things I heard you say um, in, a, in another interview, and I, I, I feel like maybe it was with Charlie, maybe a recent interview with Charlie, but I heard you say that you're, you're, one of your goals is to – help people use their voice to build community. And then that really resonated with me big time because that's been a big part of my story too, is like building community. Can you kind of expand on that? Like using your voice to build community? What does that mean to you? Well, yeah, that's the, so the Parhesia course is, oh, is, how do I say this? It's there to help you have the impossible conversation, but that's just one aspect. The more exciting aspect is that it empowers the person to realize their potential and like you're saying, you know, explore the solutions and use their voice to connect with others around them who are, whether it's online or in their neighborhood yeah. to um, build solutions on a, on a really small scale on a, on a community scale. That's more exciting to me. Yes. It's good to have that conversation with your mother-in-law about, you know, the vaccine or whatever, but what's more exciting is being able to build a strong community and like create alternatives and make the system obsolete. Cause that's how we win. 
you just create you make you don't you you decrease your dependency and you can do that when you have strength in numbers and i'm certain that there's more people like us out there than the media tells us anyway uh so yeah it's how do you and that comes from self-confidence so, you know mm. building the confidence in yourself remembering who you are and what's at stake in life and what's you know the time is precious and um how to not dwell on your mistakes and not dwell on insecurities or doubt and really you know be able to not conquer that stuff because i think that's a that's a conquering fear i think is too difficult but mm. taming fear so that it doesn't get in the way of you taking action um in a way that you can be a leader in your community and yeah have some awesome conversations and then through those conversations build stuff and put your heads together to figure out ways to outsmart uh the puppet masters is really what it's all about yeah totally and that's been a big part of my journey too like out in oregon the only way i got through that well for one podcasting and then all the whole community that grew up around that all the people that i got to know from all over the world you know what i mean but also locally like doing like back then we were utilizing the freedom cells platform you know derek bros john bush their, their freedom cell platform we started our own um after being inspired by the portland free thinkers group like we went and visited them and we started our own down in eugene and so then really i got, got really a taste for what it meant to like do organized meetups uh, we did a big festival which by the way is happening again this year you guys if you're in oregon or if you want to attend an awesome freedom festival it's manifest uh just outside of portland um i think it's uh let's see manifest dot crypto darn i can't remember the name but anyway but like let me know go to my telegram channel get in touch with me and i'll put you in touch with the organizers of that so you guys manifest is happening again it's actually happened uh 9 11 weekend september 11th weekend whatever weekend that is um and then the more recently i've been getting involved with like the uh bertaria community right bertaria times uh app is a great way to like meet other people that are like into you know homesteading or just like you know very much self-sufficiency like all that stuff so so there's yeah. there's tools and avenues out there to network and i feel like that was the only thing that kept my sanity throughout the last couple of years you know what i mean and so there's tools and resources available for that and then like what you described there like overcoming our fear well not overcoming fears but like just just understanding our fears i feel like so much of what keeps us inhibited or trapped or or not able to reach our full potential is fear i've done a lot of work on that myself you know over the last few years but like um yeah definitely can you speak on that just a little bit more like the fear component like that to me that's like the big that's the big one there yeah uh well one of the first things they say in the class is the biggest obstacle on your path to parhesia is not the new world order it's you it's always you you are always your own worst enemy and if you can overcome yourself you can achieve pretty much anything uh and that's almost cliche to say but people need to be reminded of it because it's easy to get you know beaten down by life and it's really easy to feel alone and isolated and powerless and you create grooves that are in patterns that are hard to break sometimes. Uh, so I'm like kind of reminding people, I'm, bu I'm building people back up and reminding them who they are and doing that with other people uh, can really be therapeutic and can help you, yeah, feel stronger. Um, so yeah, I, I, that's one of the things, I, like I said, that's one of the points I stress is it's not about overcoming, it's not about conquering fear. Conquering mm -hmm. fear 
you may you may find yourself you may find that you've conquered fear but i don't think that should be the goal the real goal is to make sure that fear doesn't get in your way so how to move fear out of the way and still get things done or how to how to how to keep moving forward in spite of your self-doubt or in spite of your you know the voices in your head that are telling you you can't do it or you're not worth it or, or you're not smart enough or no one will care and just doing it anyway keep moving forward and then maybe you'll find eventually hey i'm not afraid anymore don't make conquering fear the goal because then it's like you're trying to you know scale a mountain when you don't have any shoes i don't know how to, there's a good analogy in there somewhere but you know what i mean it's it's just too much to take on so don't make that the goal make the make grappling with fear and taming it your goal and keep and making sure you're taking action in spite of self-doubt and then you might find that you're no longer afraid yeah yeah man and so for me like i come from it from a perspective of like a recovery like addictions recovery you know that was a big part of my story you know i've been clean for a long time I was actually working as a drug and alcohol counselor for the last many years before I actually left Oregon. That's a whole nother story maybe for another day, but like, uh, you know what I mean? But, uh, you know, we talk so much about fear, about the idea of fear being the the main thing that keeps people trapped in, in, in addiction or poor behavior. You know what I mean? And so as a, as a recovery and recovery, that's a huge part of what we talk about is like, not necessarily like overcoming it, like you described, but like for me, my personal experience has been like literally just like, seeing it for what it is and you know they say courage is not like the absence of fear it's just like being afraid but doing it anyway walking through it and having yeah. a night like i have a different relationship with stuff like that like public speaking I, i've emceed events myself I've, I've done like a lot of like public speaking and that's like it's like to me like looking at like myself when i'm in those situations like god who am i like who, where did this person come from it's amazing but it's like a lot it takes a lot of like internal work to get there for sure um but but it's it, you know it's almost like, you know, we have all these masks, like how oh, probably a poor word for it, but like all of these things that we put up, all of these things that we put up to mask our insecurities. Right. But then it's a matter of just like breaking those down to find our true value. And you said like self-esteem as well, right? Like just our, our, our own confidence in ourselves in order to operate in a way that attracts others in a community building setting. Right. So yeah. When you're feeling good about yourself and your confidence is high, you're less affected by people you know, rejecting your ideas, less affected by people who are, you know, uh, turned off by what you're saying, you're, you move forward anyway. And you are more, you're going to be like a, a beacon for other people. You're going to be like a, a light for, and the moths are just going to come towards you. And that's what I mean by using your voice to find your community. And, uh, you, you, when you're feeling good about who you are and you're in a, in a process of taking action and yeah, you're going to, people are going to be drawn to you. Yeah. I love that. That's awesome. So I'm really actually just really uh, fascinated by just the idea of you, you taking, you identifying like a skill that you have and then building like an actual online digital course around that. Like just the logistics of that is just fascinating to me. You know, I've been, you know, ever since I talked with Richard, you know, I've been like kicking around in my head. I'm like, okay, so like if I were to do something like that, what would my thing be? Like, what would my topic be? It would probably be something related to like helping people or family members like that are coping with addiction or recovery or something like that, like offering some sort of course like that. But like, so I'm curious in that context. So when you first made the decision to, to embark on this and put the, put the course together, we, we again, back to the fear, like what, what sort of things were you, did you have just full on confidence in yourself in the beginning or was there fear circulating around, you know, fear of failure or fear of like not living up to certain expectations? Was there any fear involved in your, 
initial. Oh uh, yeah, of course, yeah. definitely, uh, definitely. And that's where having a good partner mm. comes really handy for me. Having having my wife there with me before our first son was born, we really created the course together, and she was definitely there to keep reminding me that I could do this, and that I had enough to offer, and that it was endless as far as what I could what I could contribute. I'm actually going through a bit of that right now because now I'm moving on to the fourth season of Parhesia starting in a few weeks. And I'm thinking ahead. I'm thinking about, okay, this has been going really well. I enjoy it. What else can I do? What else can I create uh, now that I've, and I, I'm, I'm getting myself out of the fear of like, well, I've already tapped all, all my potential. Like this is it. I, I, this is all I can do. And I'm like wrestling with that. Like, no, 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 of course I can come up with that was just Parisia was an idea in my head mm -hmm. that I verbalized and wrote down and structured and, you know, spent time and really nurtured and created. And I have to keep reminding myself that I'm capable of doing that a hundred thousand million more times if I allow myself to. So I'm grappling with that now because I want to keep growing mm -hmm. and keep, uh, you know, I'm leading a family now and I got to make sure that I have, a lot of uh, a lot of avenues that I explore to make sure that everyone in the family is taken care of. So I'm grappling with fear right now, mm. getting over myself, thinking that Parisia is all like all I can offer, and I know that I there's more. I just haven't tapped into it yet. Exactly, and then especially if you think back to like your origins, your beginnings, right? When you first like started recording your 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 sketches, your comedy sketches, right? Like who would have thought now you'd be like you know such a leader. And the whole like truth movement, you know what I mean? Someone uh, that people look up to a lot. Like somebody yeah. who like, you know, uh, well, okay, I'm sorry. No leaders, right? There's no leaders. My bad. My bad. <laughs> Rules, no rulers, right? But anyway, but uh, what I meant is just like, you know, what what amazing journeys we get to have, you know, but like when we stay aligned and rooted in our truth and principles, like we just get delivered into these places that are just unimaginable. Like it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm constantly just amazed that the, trajectory my life has taken in the last especially in the last few years but yeah and it all started because i decided to make a funny video on youtube in 2012 and it's crazy you just never know and you never know which relationships are going to be are going to prove to be the most fruitful so that's again i encourage people to be have compassion with everybody because you never know who's going to be who's going to come out of the woodwork to be a really important figure in your life i'm constantly surprised by that too like someone i met years ago pops up now and then I have the same opportunity or whatever. Um, and I'm always surprised by that. Like who turns out to be a really good friend or, or sometimes people who I think are going to be more significant and they just kind of fade away. Uh, but that's, that's okay too. But yeah, being nice. And that's, I also encourage people to let their hubris go. And this goes back to like the social media stuff. Like that's, the, that might be my biggest gripe right now in general with people is hubris. I'm so sick of arrogance. Doesn't matter where you fall. Doesn't matter where you are on your opinion spectrum. If you're an a-hole about it, I don't really want to hear it. You. I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm less interested. And I'm seeing this as this division is taking place in this polarization. Uh, people who are, who I tend to agree with on a lot of things, if their, their approach is so condescending and arrogant, it, upsets me um yeah. anyway true man that's very true that's very true so so back to the logistics here so what did you what was your biggest obstacle whether it was like a logistical thing um you know like a technical thing or or well, just I, 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 myself, myself doubt 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, well, I mean, yeah. So, so self doubt. But what did you have like an obstacle that was like you know, like what was your biggest obstacle besides that? Would you say? Process. Uh, for which for creating parhesia or yeah 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 for, for like yeah yeah the logistics of the course biggest obstacle it was myself i mean i don't even know what else, what else it would be because it was i had the idea and i thought i could be really good at this but how am i gonna what how do i like turn that into a curriculum mm -hmm. so just not giving up i mean yeah. it's so easy to have an idea and get excited about it and then sit down to flesh it out and say, I can't. And then, so moving through that and doing it anyway. Yeah. I'm, I was my biggest obstacle. That's awesome. So, uh, what about asking for help? Did you ever have a difficult time asking for help or was that, was that right. a component? I've, at gotten all? Really, I've, I've gotten good at that. And that's, yeah. that's something I've learned from just spending so much time around entrepreneurs and people who I consider to be successful especially my wife and I, when we first became a couple back in 2016, we just sort of set our sights on being, you know, financially free um, and being not slaves to any sort of like paycheck or uh, being subservient to any sort of boss. And we just started asking anyone that we met who we had respect for and, you know, who we thought was successful saying, how'd you do it? What are your secrets? You know, instead of asking like, Hey, can you loan me some money so I can do this oh, thing? Like not at all, but what, what did you do? Like what, what was your moment that made like things click for you or what steps would you take? If you were me, what would you do? Um, so I've actually gotten really good at asking for help about, you know, business stuff and even like parental stuff, money stuff. Um, yeah. So I'm actually good for my, yeah, I'm good at asking for help. That's awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. For advice, yeah. advice, I should say. Advice, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the the principles kind of here, like you know, humility. Just understand, I don't have all the answers. Maybe someone else does. You know, staying open minded to things that maybe I wasn't, uh, you know, open to hearing before. Then just being willing to put those into action, right? That's what we talk about in recovery. My those favorite, my favorite thing someone says to me is, "If I were you, I would." Mm. I'm in a conversation where I'm looking for advice. And they say, if I were you, I'm all ears. Like that's my, those, those are like the, the, the key words to me. I'm, I love it when someone says, if I were you, I would, because it's so hard to be objective as myself. Like I'm great at offering feedback to other people and, you know, ideas and, you know, things they can try, but it's really hard to have that objectivity by yourself. So I love it when someone says, if I were you, I would, mm. even if I don't end up doing it, or if it's, I disagree with it. I love it when they offer it because that helps me see more clearly. Totally. Well, for me, it's like, sometimes it's like, depends on the person. It really depends on the person. It's like, if I were you, I'm like, well, well hold on. No, I'm just kidding. I don't if know. I respect the person, if, I I respect the face, if it's a faceless commenter on YouTube, yes. I don't care. Sorry. <laughs> I'm, I've been dealing with nonsense, you know, mean spirited comments on YouTube for over a decade. Now I have no, I have no patience. I don't care about what you think I should be doing. Yeah. You're not, you know, you're just a faceless comment commenter. If we had a conversation in real life, it'd be different. But if you're yeah. just like, Hey, you should do this. I'm like, and why should I listen to you? Yeah. Um, yeah. but someone who I respect, who I know who's a friend who said, who offers me that kind of advice. I'm all ears. hundred percent, hundred percent. So tell me about this. Uh, you do a weekly meme show. Like that's, that's fantastic. In fact, you know, it's funny back in the day, like I was like, 
oh, I should do a meme show where we review like <laughs> memes of the week. And I was like, no, Benny Wills is already doing it. I'm like, oh, that's so funny. funny. All right, all right. So anyway, tell us about that. That's fantastic. Well, yeah, man, I love memes. And um, I just had my 100th episode last week, which is cool. I took this week off because we're moving. But uh, yeah, so in May of 2020, after leaving LA, which essentially ended Joy Camp for me and for Joy Camp, um, I was looking for, you know, how do I, how, what can I create consistently? What's content that I can keep producing that's minimal effort, that is something that's, that can be like a widget that I just keep cranking. And I did this video and I was, I, I created my personal YouTube channel and I was toying with some ideas and trying things. And then I had this, idea to do the top 50 coronavirus memes because I was I you know I think the best thing on social media are memes so and I'm constantly sharing it with my friends and uh yeah I had this idea to make the top 50 coronavirus memes I did it as a live stream and because I, li I like doing live more than I like pre-recorded because I yeah I don't like editing um yep. and I like my <laughs> performance but uh anyway so I did it as a live stream it was really well received so I decided to do it again and then I did it again and then it became me Monday and I've been doing it for two years. And in a way, I mean, it's, I love it and it's awesome. And people really do like it. And it is a great way to document the times in memes. And then I offer people uh, a zip file to people the next day. And then if you're on my mailing list, you get the zip file and all the memes from the show, and then you can use the memes or you can save them or whatever you can send them to people. Uh, in a way it's been like a placeholder for me as I make my, as I'm, I'm feel like I'm in a gestation period in a way, because I have two infants under two. I have a, uh, my older son is 21 months old and my younger son is three months old. And just with our, like our, our land purchase that hasn't been working out and we've been bouncing around and I don't know, nothing has been nothing has been stable, uh, in my personal life other than my relationship. But like we've been, we, we haven't had a home really. And I've been lucky enough to hang my hat on the meme Monday. Like it's kept me, it's kept me sated the last couple of years to, to keep do something that I can do easily once a week that, uh, feels good and people like it. And while I work my way through or to the next thing, because I'm a, I'm a creative person and I love creating and I haven't had as much time or space in my life to do so, especially teaching the course. Um, I got married, had kids. So it's been a lot of like a lot of work and me Monday has been a way to help me get through while still having an outlet. Um, and people like it. So it's awesome. And memes are great, but it's, I'm excited to see where, what, what happens next. Cause it's been, I've been doing this for two years. And as much as I love it, I'm ready to uh, expand again and, you know, be creative. That's awesome. You're staying hungry. That's, that's, I, I, I can hear that consistently. I'm, staying, I'm getting yeah. hungry. I'm like yeah. super hungry to create again. Yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. Well, you know, congratulations on the new family, man. Like we're the same age. I'm 38 as well. And that's, that's oh, one of my goals here in the next few years is to, to get that on track. You know what I mean? So I'm working. Yeah, we did it fast. Like, we got married in 2019. Yeah. We had our first son one year later. We had our second son just this past March. And, you know, we were, it was a little bit of an unexpected development, but 
Yeah. I can't imagine life without him now. And exactly. yeah, so I'm all of a sudden family of four and I'm the, I'm the leader of the family and it's a lot of responsibility that it's I've amazing. just been thrust into a lot. And I, it's, it's great. It's forcing me to grow up and be more mature and be more selfless and less selfish. Mm. And that's while difficult sometimes and uncomfortable sometimes it's ultimately making me a better person. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. So I was going to ask you, what, you have a favorite meme from the last two years. I know a favorite meme. I know it's a tough question. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, uh, no, I don't. Oh, okay. but I have one that comes to mind. Yes. There was one, uh, Oh man, I don't want, I don't want to like paraphrase the thing because it'll ruin the comedy, but I wonder if I could find it real quick. What's what we're sitting Yeah, if you can find it, dude, pull it up. 21, would it be 20? Yeah, let's see. Let's see if I can find it real quick. I don't know how I can um, It's, I think it was a Babylon B meme. Okay. Is this it? Anyway, it was a guy who was like, it says something like, um, Man who has who shares the same opinion as every media outlet, Hollywood celebrity, and advertisement, you know, thinks he's a part of the resistance or something like that. Exactly. I just think that's so like perfectly encapsulates the times. I'm butch. Like I said, I don't want I paraphrase it, I ruined the joke. Yeah. But I remember that one. I mean, I mean I remember that like ethos, just the idea of like yeah. I mean, that's I just like that's just that's just such a just such an easy critique of, of their ideology. It's like, yeah, I'm just like a rebel. I agree with every single thing that every Hollywood actor and corporation. So, and that's why I love memes is because it's yeah. they they can capture the nonsense and the double standards and the illogic of the times in one picture with a, <laughs> you know in a one liner. And I love yeah. comedy, so yeah. it's funny. I mean, the memes are great. It's amazing, I, man. That means is that's the first one that jumped out at me when you said that. Totally. For me, okay. So I've I've got obviously several, but there's one that stands out to me that's like oh, my all-time favorite. And it's like uh it's, it just shows a picture of Ralph Wiggum, right? Ralph Wiggum from The Simpsons with his with his finger up his nose, like he's picking his nose, and the caption says, Jeffrey Epstein's friends told me I need to get a booster shot. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, yes. I mean, that's, that's it right there. That's it. That's all of it right there. And yeah, you know what's funny sure. too? I've had that one on my show. Yeah, that one's so good. Anyway, and you know what's funny too? You know, the old classic like critique again is like the leftists or whatever, you know, people that are bought into the whole narrative, they can't create memes or shit. Like it's just like almost pathetic. You know what I mean? I'm in mm -hmm. I, intentionally, like I created a fake Telegram account and I'm in a bunch of like Antifa groups, you know, just kind of keep an eye on them, see what they're up to. It's it's entertaining. It's, it's actually pretty freaking entertaining. And they have like their own little meme channels. And I'm just like, oh, maybe I'll send you some. I'll have to send you or I'll send you a link to their. their yes. And, and that goes for anyone out there. If you have memes you think are worthy of being on my show. Yeah. Email me at memes at bennywills.com. I'm I mean, honestly, if I didn't have people sending me memes, I wouldn't have a show every week. I mean, I have a lot. I have so many memes coming my way, my way now. It's a really uh, well-oiled machine. And actually, I just found the meme, and I paraphrased it pretty well. It actually says, man who agrees with the media, universities, corporations, and Hollywood thinks he's a part of the resistance. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, how did this happen? How? Do, I mean, that's that just speaks to this, this insane psyop that has been instigated against humanity. Like, I mean, these were the, the just... I mean, I know a lot of it. like, I mean, we all saw it. We experienced it firsthand. Like people, it's like, dude, you know me. Like, you know, I'm not a white supremacist, domestic terrorist. I mean, you know me, dude. Come on now. 
You know what I mean? Like, well, like yeah, I know, but it, the propaganda is so thick. I mean, I've had people in my family who have known me my entire life, or I've I've known them their entire lives, who think uh, that I've been radicalized. Yeah. You know, they really believe that stuff. They really believe it, in spite of how well they know me, in spite of how well how, how much quality time we spent together, in spite of how much love we've shared. They still are like, uh oh, I think my I think Benny's been, you know, they got him. They got him. It's it's bizarre and it hurts, but you have to move forward anyway. Yeah, yeah. All right. And some some people are just this is the this is like the 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 sobering truth about trying to reach people is some people just will not wake up and you have to just accept it. Oh yeah. Now, if it's a family member or someone you care about. Maybe you can still have a relationship with them in spite of your differences. And this is so the, you know, the Parhesia course will help you navigate that relationship so that you can still have the love, even if you can't get them to see things differently. Yeah, totally, totally. So I want to, I want to go here real quick. So this is your website, bennywills.com. There's a whole bunch of great stuff in there. So like what you were talking about, um, you know, sign up for memes. This is your weekly uh, meme drop, right? There's all so everybody. I want to go to, encourage you to go there. But one of the things that also stood out to me here is like you can sign up. We talked about this earlier. Your your conspiracy guy character. You got an email that goes out to <laughs> how to stop being the conspiracy guy. Like what what can we expect if we sign up? For oh, that? that's great. Well, thanks for pulling that up. So that's my website, yeah. bennywills.com. And yes, that right there is a free taste of Farhija. Essentially, it's a it's a like a 35 minute webinar where I give you some real you know I cut right to the to the to the meat and bones of how to stop being not how to that's the title how to stop being a conspiracy guy or girl but it's how to have the conversation what without how do i say this you're not you don't have to let go of being the conspiracy guy or girl you can hold on to those conspiracy theories you can own your opinions and own your your points of view and what you're thinking it's just a way to how to approach the conversation so they don't see you as a wacko nut job radicalist you know, radical, I guess. Um, so yeah, it's a webinar, it's free. And then, yeah, if you, if you watch it, you might want to sign up for the course. So it's definitely, it's a free 35 minute webinar about how to have a, a difficult conversation. Okay, cool. So while we're here, while we got you here, like what would be like an eight, I don't want to spru- spoil or ruin the whole thing, but you got like a tip for me to not be such a conspiracy guy all the time. What would you recommend to me? <laughs> in, in addition to what I've already said. Um, yeah. yeah, let's see. I've already said understanding your own motivation. This is really important. Okay, okay. A lot of times people bring up like, okay, you're at you're at dinner and someone brings up 9-11. What do you do? Okay. I don't like thinking in hypotheticals. I want yeah. actual context. Tell me the situation. Tell me the tell me about the relationship. Tell me about the moment and tell me about why it is that you feel it's important to have the conversation in that moment. Um, so understanding your own motivation and understanding what you want. Mm. Uh, it's really important what you want from the other person, but I think listening, asking questions and really listening and not, you know, it's cliche to say, well, you got to listen to the conversation. Yeah, of course. But you have to really listen, like see if the other person, if you can learn something from them. I mean, even if you think they're brainwashed and they're a sheep or whatever, chances are you can still learn something from them. If you understand their point of view, you can help, you can introduce your point of view. But before that, okay, here's one. 
you have to get on the same page with them before you embark on the difficult part of the conversation. You have to build that rapport. They have to know that you have the same priorities, that you have the same concerns, that you want the same things. You have to establish a trust before you can, before they will listen to what you have to say about whatever subject. They have to trust you. They have to know that you are on the right team. And that's, uh, and I don't just mean like, well, you, they, they have to know that you're a Democrat. And I don't mean that. I mean like you, that you want the same thing for humanity, that you want similar things, that you care about the same thing, that you, yeah, basically that. You have to establish that, you, that your wants and concerns, your cares are the same. And then they'll be more willing to hear what you have to say. They have to trust you. That's awesome, man. Well, thank you for placating me with that. That's that's, that's, that's good stuff. I, I mean, mean, I got so much. This is, this is yeah. nine weeks of, of yeah. course, material. But that's one of the most important ones. They have to yeah. establish trust immediately. And that's that, that just harkens back to what we were talking about earlier. I mean, it's so, I mean, at the end of the day, both sides or whatever, like, like, first of all, like, let's eliminate the idea of there being all these sides. They want to separate it into these different sides, right? So let's let's try right. to break that, you know, two-party paradigm, that two-party illusion, like break free yeah, of right. that and pull back out of that. But at the same time, realize, you know, this is something that I, I, I try to think about too. It's like, yeah, even though, like even the Antifa people that are out there, like in their heart of hearts, they feel like they're doing the right thing. Everybody feels like they're doing the right thing right. and they're doing what's best, you know? And that's, that's crazy to think about. And you, you said, you know, it's, it's different. People have different, uh, uh, you know, relationships with authority and some choose to believe in authority as opposed to those who actively resist it in every breath <laughs> that they take. Right. But like, you know, so at the end of the day, everybody is trying to do what's best and everybody, there are people that are like, like scared too. you know, these people are hurt injured they've been they're, they're the victims like truly like a lot of the people with the three masks driving around by themselves exactly. in a car with like band-aids all over their arms like those people are scared to death like that's a tragedy honestly i you know? agree yeah exactly yeah. that's their low-hanging fruit and we have to have sympathy for their situation because they're being we're all being targeted and they're really like taking the bait and that's not a fun place to be yeah no not at all right on and here's something else i like to tell people Last thing I'll say is sure, sure, sure. that it really helps me is I think that grappling with tyranny and evil is a part of this experience, is part of the human experience. I don't, I don't know if there's a time or an era that can exist where there aren't people who are trying to control things and be in power. So accept it. There are always those people. What, but what can you do to, how can you internalize that and make the make decisions that empower you and others so that their tyranny doesn't have as much of an effect? Because exactly. it's always going to be a part of this situation. That's it. That's it. And that's back to what we talked about, like building community, you guys, like, like building your own supply lines, like getting to know your neighbors, like, like just finding you know, ways to minimize your reliance or dependence on the system in every way, shape and form possible. We don't have to go fight them in the streets. We don't have to go as much as I love going down and bullhorning them at rallies and stuff. Like we don't even, you know, like maybe sometimes at the end of the day, our, our, our time and our energy is better spent, you know, like planting something in the ground or just like getting like organizing a meetup or something and gathering like well, just remembering, people. remembering how beautiful this experience is. Yes. Life is amazing. And you, as far <laughs> as we know, we only have one crack at it. So <laughs> How much time do you want to spend getting being angry and pissed off and wishing things were different or just acknowledging how amazing this experience is yeah. in spite of its flaws? Yeah. That so, can help you grow. Everything can help you grow. Everything can help you grow. 
Absolutely. And like, you know, I, I get the sense that maybe these last couple of years, you've probably thrived more than you ever have before. Maybe I'd be willing to say uh, in certain ways, but in also in certain ways, this has been the most difficult stretch of my entire life. Exactly. Like I've been okay. getting, I've been getting like, I've been getting, I've been, life's been harder than I ever could have imagined. Uh, okay. And it's, but it's, I'm also excited to be able to look back on this time and see you know, and re really recognize the significance of it, have that hindsight because it's been really challenging, you know, being a property owner and a business owner and a husband and a father, all, all the same moment has really um, tested my mettle as a person. And I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm excited to be on the other, <laughs> other side of this particular moment. Awesome. Well, dude, you are crushing, man. Like, and you're, you're an inspiration to me. And then I think it's, I think a lot of people out there as well. So just keep it, keep that. it, keep it up, man. So, all right. Thank so go you. ahead and just let us know how we can follow and support you right now. Yeah. We'll go to bennywills.com and um, watch the webinar, sign up for the, how to stop being the conspiracy guy or girl in less than an hour and watch me Monday. You can go to youtube.com slash Benny Wills. I'm also on BitChute. I'm also on Brighteon. I'm also on Odyssey um, and check out JoyCamp. Just type in Joy Camp to YouTube. It will come up and you can watch um, lots and lots and lots of hilarious content that's getting more relevant as time mm -hmm. passes. And yeah, if you have any questions, reach out to me, Benny at BennyWills.com. And if you want to sign up for the course, got to do so very soon because I only have a couple spots left and it starts in a couple weeks. So um, if you have any questions, let me know. And if you want to, if you want to test it before you sign up, just watch the webinar. Perfect. Awesome. Well, Benny, thank you so much, man. It's truly been an honor to have you on and, uh, Bye, you know, just, just keep it up and we'll catch up soon. Awesome. Thanks, man. All right. Thank you. See ya. See ya.